Hi, this is Carlene from changewithcarlene.com with another podcast. I didn't mean to really make one so close to yesterday's, but yesterday's podcast on procrastination made me obligated by once I committed to you, my listener, that I was going to not procrastinate and go off and work on this uh, elephant wall relief for my granddaughter for Christmas. This morning, I got up, I did what I needed to do, and then I went and I put out the clay and I started sculpting. And while I was sculpting, it dawned on me, oh my gosh, why haven't I been sculpting? I love sculpting. I love doing it. It's such a joy. It's so contemplative. It's so relaxing. It's so creative, you know, and I really got that as I was building the trunk on the elephant and raising it up off of the relief and that trunk was coming and curving just the way I wanted it to. I was like, oh my gosh, I have forgotten how much I love to be working in clay. And I wondered why. Why did I turn what I love to do into an errand, something I would procrastinate against? Why haven't I all year in my spare time been working on creating sculptures or reliefs? You know, I I have a big one I made a couple years ago of rhinoceroses, and it's really cool. It's great. And I did that one, and I never did any other animals. Why? Why would we not pursue what we love? You know, we tend to get so caught up in life and then we tend to put big expectations on who we are that we forget that there's things that we can do in our lives to bring us our own personal joy and satisfaction and we can have fun doing it. So I looked at it and I thought about it and I, you know, thought about my whole thought processes behind sculpting. And so I thought I would just share some of those insights I had with you because How many of you don't do the thing you love? For one, you don't have time. We always run out of time. For two, we always think it's not worthy of of us or of life, that it's just something we like to do. It's not going to get us anywhere in life. It's not going to bring us any value in life, right? And uh, and three, it's it's just because once we say we're going to do something and we put a deadline to it, it becomes like, oh, my God, I can't do that. I can't get it done. So we do that. We build things up in our brains. I know I did. We build things up in our brains and tell ourselves, no, no, that's something I'm I'm enjoying. It can't possibly be worthwhile to do. Crazy, right? That's just so crazy. We miss out so much on life by not going out and doing the things that we enjoy doing because we just don't put any value or worth to them. We don't see that anything we feel is valuable to us, our soul kind of thing. If it's not valuable to the world, then it's just not worthy to us doing. And that just makes no sense. I mean, how many of us have sat up all night long working with our kids to help build those school projects, right? We've all done it. What what about work? How often have we just given up everything? We've not even gone away on weekends because we have work and we're trying to build our career and we'll stay up working on projects. We, we give so much to things that we feel other people value that we lose sight of what's important to ourselves. You know, I know with my own sculpting, my own creative work, I do get to show my stuff because I'm a big Halloween buff and I make a lot of animatronics and I have like a, an angel, a, a graveyard angel that I, I created and I have an owl that I created that, that are out there and they, they look like pieces of art. 
and I get to show them every Halloween, but it's Halloween, it's dark. I don't feel any artists are going to ever come and judge them. But when it comes to people say to me, well, how come you don't ever make this stuff to sell it? I'm like, because it's just me and I'm a hack. You know, I would never put monetary value on anything I made. I barely want to show it to people except for at night out in the dark. Why? Why do I feel that way? Well, I'm, I'm not a great artist. But my children, my family, they love what I do. I love what I do. If you come in my house, you find I have my stuff out. I, I keep out some of my Halloween stuff all year. I have to admit, okay, I, I'm a huge Halloween fan. And so I have like the alien I made last year. She's, she's out in my family room. And I have this big, huge um, kind of, uh, she's got a big, huge white head and antlers. And she's not scary looking. She looks very earthy to me. And I, I keep her out, you know. And so I enjoy my art that I make, but I wouldn't call it art. And so I devalue it. It's nice for me, but I don't consider it art. And definitely the sculpting, the hand sculpting, I always think of it as just something I like to do and not art. And by devaluing it, I don't do it as often as I should because it brings me joy. And as I sat there sculpting this morning, it, right now it's got some towels on it and a, and a cover so that I can re-moisten the clay. So I'm not procrastinating by doing this podcast. I'm in wait mode so I can go back to it. And I'm eager to go back to it. And I can't wait for the whole weekend to work on it, finish it, and start the next one. So why? Why does this happen to us? Why do we take what we love to do and make it not as important in our life or worse, turn it into an errand? And once it's an errand and it's a chore, then we procrastinate and we don't go and do it. I think it's because we don't value the things that we enjoy that much. I could be off base. You could totally value what you do and uh, and never procrastinate. Then you probably don't need the Carlene at, at changewithcarlene.com, right? So this is more for all of us who who need to to get ourselves to the point that we're willing to go do things that we enjoy and love. Now, if you read, if or you listened to my first podcast ever, it was on that Aikigai, that Japanese idea that you need to know your purpose and you need to do things that bring you joy. I so believe in that. I just totally believe in that. And I've, I have believed in it as, as from that podcast, you can tell I've always believed in that. But how do you do it with something that you have a hard time valuing? I think you do it anyway. I think you get up and you do it anyway, and then you stop devaluing it. I had a talk. I, it was very nice. I had a woman who was at my house, a friend at my house last night, and she's an artist, and I was telling her how I'd been procrastinating with all of this, and we got to talking, and I said, you know, I think what it is is when it comes to clay, I always feel that clay is less than, to sculpt in clay is less than if I were to sculpt in, in iron or in wood or in marble or something, you know, that I'm not a true sculptor because I use clay. And in clay, you can you can add clay and you can subtract clay. And if you make a mistake to clay, you can fix the clay, you know. So I don't feel like a true artist because I'm taking the easy way out. And And some of you who are true artists may feel that way as well. And here's this woman who I respect. She actually teaches art. I respect as an artist, she said, well, you know, that's why I paint in oil paints, because in oil, unlike watercolor or charcoal, if I make a mistake, 
I can just wipe it off because it takes so long to dry. I can wipe it off and redo it. That's why I paint in oil. And I was like, why do I have to devalue what I do? Because I don't think I am living up to other people's standards of what makes a true artist. I respect her as an artist. And she actually respects me as an artist when it comes to doing Halloween stuff. So if I can take that out of the equation, if I can take that idea that I have to be living at other people's standards, then I can start enjoying what I do. I don't have to look down at what I do as it's not up to par with who, who I consider to be artists. And doesn't that apply just about to everything? You know, I know my daughter, she looks at, she has a friend who her two children are the same age as my daughter's two children. And those little girls are top A students. They're very polite. They're, you know, they are very prim and proper and, and will probably end up being the president of their classes. And my daughter looks at this and she works with this woman. This woman actually works under her. And she always worries, why are my children not the best? Well, you know, her children are awesome because, you know, they're my grandchildren, so of course they're awesome. But we tend to always look at other people's stuff and devalue our own. We can't just accept the fact that if something brings us joy and if we give it our best, then it is awesome. And it has a right to be awesome if only just in our own eyes. We should never put something aside and turn it into a chore just because we are not, you know, Van Gogh. I could never be Van Gogh. But would these people stop playing the guitar and the music because they can't be Led Zeppelin? No. We have to value what we do and go do what we do. Why do we not just go do what brings us joy? That's just crazy. Life is busy. No, I, I get that. Life is super busy tons of responsibility. You've got work, you've got family, you've got friends, you've got your communities. You know, life is very full and very busy. But yet, it could just be baking. You could just love to bake. And you don't bake because, you know, people don't want to eat your food or whatever. But you know what? You could bake and not eat that food. I tell people at boot camp all the time, bake, enjoy making cookies, decorate them, see it as art. Instead of seeing it as food that has to tempt you, just go, you know, do it with your children. Have the fun that comes with it, but don't eat it. And they're like, oh, no, it's too tempting. No, it doesn't have to be tempting. It's all about how we look at things. If what we do, if we are going to take a day and bake with our children, that is a wonderful thing to do and a memory that you're creating. It has nothing to do with having to eat that food. It's the, it's what we're building. It's what we're creating. It's how we're decorating. We don't have to always worry about what we're doing. We can just go do it to have done it. If you want to paint and you don't paint because you're not a great painter, look at what you're missing out on. You're not getting to do something you love, something you enjoy. If you're trying to build a business and in your business, you get so caught up in the deep technical stuff that you forget why you started that business and the joy that business brings you, then you lose out. We've got to stop focusing on being just either the best or nothing at all. 
And we have to break away from all the, the heavy duty ideas about not being the best and come back to the roots of who we are and what we can do to bring joy to ourselves. When I was uh, young and, and taking advanced psychology in college, there was one psychologist, and I just have never remembered who said it, but he said, if you want a good life, what you want to be able to do is at 80 years old, look back and say to yourself, I have no regrets. And, you know, I've really taken that further. For one, 80 is, is not a good enough number. So I'm taking it out to 90, 95. I want to be able to look back at my life and say to myself, what an adventure. What an adventure. I had a great career. I raised two wonderful children. I wrote novels. I sculpted. I helped in animal wildlife rehab. I did all these things. And I have no regrets. I don't have to have regrets. But I can look back and say that was an adventure, well-lived, well-lived. And that's what I want. You know, it's part of like raw food boot camp. People ask me all the time, why do you keep doing that? Why, you know, why do you keep doing the same thing over and over? And I, I tell them it's because it brings me joy. When I see these women succeed, when I see them change their lives, when I see them drop 100 pounds, 90 pounds, 50 pounds, it doesn't matter. When I see their success that brings me joy. I get excited for them. It makes me want to get up in the morning and go go check in their weigh-ins and, and I can't wait to see their new before and after photos. It brings me joy. So yes, I'm doing it for them, but really I'm doing it for me because it's a part of who I am and it's a passion that I have that I'm fulfilling because I'm actually doing it. And now because of yesterday, and all the things that happened, you know, I, I believe in the saying, it goes, when you're ready, the teacher will come. Well, I think when it comes to my own personal art, I think that happened to me yesterday. First, I did the podcast with you on procrastination. Then when I was going out to get my grandchildren and I'm pulling out of the driveway and I saw some of the things that I had created for last Halloween, I have twerking skeletons. I've got zombies that do kicking. I've got the ring girl, you know, I, I've made all these things. And I looked at them and I was staring at them and I thought to myself, oh, man, how much I love this stuff. I love this stuff. I want to do this. And it really helped with this whole desire to go back and do the sculpting from yesterday. And then I had the long talk with my artist friend at night and she, for the first time, saw some of my stuff. And I was proud to show it off to her because it's so different and it is good, you know, but I refuse to add that into my life when it comes to what I love to do. I hold back on the sculpting, but not anymore because yesterday, even though my teacher didn't come as a real person, my own self value came to play. And so I can be my own teacher today and I can tell myself, you know what? Go do what you love, put your passion into what you love and be as good as you can be and be proud of what you're doing. And once I reach that point, which I have already, then doing it isn't a chore anymore. And that wouldn't matter if I was homeschooling my children or if I was trying to build a wonderful career, if I was trying to learn a new skill. It wouldn't matter what the thing I wanted to accomplish was. As long as I don't devalue my effort into it and I find joy in doing it, then I can be great at it within my own soul and heart. I don't have to be Van Gogh. I don't have to be Mozart. 
I can be Carlene and I can be real damn happy that I'm Carlene and that I'm willing to, to go do the things I love to do to fulfill my passions and still bring value to my life, to my family's life and to all the women that I work with over at Raw Food Bootcamp. Aikigai, that's what it's called, that Japanese idea that go find your purpose, find joy, and live a healthy, long life. And if I follow that principle, then when I'm 95, I am going to look back and say, wow, that was the adventure of a lifetime, a life well-lived. I may not have saved the world. I may not have created something, invented something. People may not have my art all over their walls. It doesn't matter because when I look back, I can say, I did my best. I didn't give up. I didn't shy away from trying new things. I went in full force to live the best life I could live. And it guided me to the things that give me joy, helping women, making Halloween things and sculpting. And then, of course, two wonderful grandchildren that I just adore. Life is good if we make it good. It's hard when you're young and you're struggling. I was a single mom, too. I know how hard that is. I know what it's like to work three jobs and still find time to help your kids build those projects. I get all that. But when I look back on all of that, I realize I even gave my best to that. And while doing that, I have no regrets in who my children grew up to be either. So life is good, life is great, but we have to be willing to to work at it and we have to be willing to get by our own biases against ourselves so that we can practice, 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 because without practice, you can't get good at anything unless you know you are uh, uh, just innately awesome, which I'm not. Anything I know how to do, I've had to work really hard to learn to do. But if we just will not convince ourselves that we are unworthy, we can do so much more. Whether it's putting that first stroke on your canvas, whether it's it's building the quilt to, to match your great grandmothers, whether it's to become the CEO of your own company, it doesn't matter. What matters is we believe in ourselves, we do things that mean something to ourselves, and we work with purpose and intent, and then with joy. So I wish you all luck at that. Wish me luck because now that I've started this elephant and I have to tell you, it's being fun. It's a lot of fun. My brain is opening up back to where my values are. What's important to me. I've got raw food boot camp. I've got Halloween and I've got sculpting and I can, and my grandchildren and I can turn that into a love of life, total love of life with no regrets, no concerns that I'm not doing my very best each day. And live happily, because in the end, a happy life is the only life to really live. Okay, that's it for me. Hope I didn't turn you off by all my love and light, because I'm not that love and light kind of person. But I am definitely the kind of person who believes happiness and joy are our personal right. That we have the right to be happy in our lives, and we have the right to seek out joy in our lives. And we can do that still with with big commitment jobs. We can still do that with family. We can still do that with community. We just have to be willing to go do it. All right. That's it for me. Thanks again for listening. Please again, share my podcast. I need to build my audience. I want to, I want to get my message of hope 
and and change out to as many people as I can. And I can't do that unless I can get you to help me share, subscribe, like kind of thing. All right. Thanks. See you in the next one.